The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Very glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Rory here with you until 7 p.m. We have a packed, packed hour of sport to get through as we get reaction from BlackRock and their win today's day defeated Douglas but also here from Martin Bowen as Aaron Zone booked their place in the uh, semi-finals last night as well after that win over their old rival Sars. We're going to talk to Tom Kinney of UCC and we're going to talk to Colin O'Sullivan of Pierce ahead of their game this evening. Reaction from West Cork as they were crowned Ladies Football Senior Champions yes they're going to hear from St. Michael's the Junior D Champions. We're going to talk to Conor Cahalan on the Go Red for Cork and Marymount campaign. We're going to hear from from Stuart Ashton as well after a co-ramblers are well beaten last night by UCD and a lot more as well besides you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM We're here until 7 o'clock, so if you want to get in touch, at Big Red Bench on Twitter, and you can t- um, um, text us our WhatsApp is 0868104106 if you want to get in touch that way. Just looking through the day's action, as I mentioned, BlackRock into the Premier Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals with a 122 to 20 points win today over Douglas and the Pierskin UCC going head-to-head from 7 Rock awaiting the winners in the semi-final we'll hear from the Rockies and their boss Afford Ryan very very shortly indeed elsewhere in the relegation playoff Bishopstown retaining their star, Premier Senior Hurling status uh, they've beaten Ballyhay 18 points to 10 was how that finished earlier on this afternoon elsewhere in the Senior Hurling Championship result from this afternoon New System 114 Bride Rovers 11 points New System will face Father O'Neill's in the semi-finals elsewhere uh, this afternoon Cantorca have beaten Bannon 215 to 15 points. The relegation playoff, meanwhile, between Kilworth and Killer was called off today after one of the Killer players tested positive for COVID 19. Killer released a statement this morning confirming the news and that they'd be making no further comment. Elsewhere in the SE Systems, Komogi uh, Championship quarter final in Ascara, defeating Glen Rovers 211 2 8. In the semi finals, Corsi Rovers playing Douglas Acaslo at half time. Corsi's leading 1 8 2 1 4. In the Premier League, Everton are a goal up against Tottenham into the second half there. Nigel Bidmead. Tottenham nil, Everton won. The goal scorer Dominic Calvert-Lewin, a header from a set piece. And it's no more than Everton deserved. They've started this second half really well. They won a free kick on the left-hand side. Luca Dina swung it in. Tottenham defended so high. And there was Dominic Calvert-Lewin jumping above his markers to plant a firm header past Hugo Lloris. Tottenham nil, Everton won. How weird does it sound hearing a match report from an empty stadium like that? Sounds like Nigel is in a library being uh, very very quiet on the back trying to get his report in uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be seeing crowds back at uh, games in the very very near future elsewhere West Brom uh, well beaten by Leicester on their opening day today West Brom nil, Leicester 3 all goals coming in the second half a debut back post header for fullback Timothy Castagna the man brought in to replace £50 million Ben Chilwell two Jamie Vardy penalties both to the left both sending Sam Johnson the wrong way I don't believe Kasper Schmeichel had a save to make in the second 45. Humbling top flight return for Slab and Village's side at full time. West Brom nil, Leicester 3. In the SSE or Tracy League Premier Division, uh, all Cork City fans keeping an eye on the Finn Harps and Derry City game as things stand. It's scoreless 
Finn Harps nil, Derry City nil, but that uh, result, if Finn Harps get a draw, they will go off the bottom of the table uh, over Cork City. Um, just on goal difference alone, but fingers crossed, Derry City can uh, beat Finn Harps, uh, especially after uh, Cork City's defeat to Shamrock Rovers yesterday. Worrying times for Cork City fans at the moment. Elsewhere in the Women's National League, Cork City have beaten Athlone Town by two goals to nil in Bishopstown. Today it's the third win in a row for the Rebel Army. That result sees them up to fourth. And a fantastic result for the Rebel Army and a fantastic result for us in the Big Red Bench as well as their coach Paul Farrell dropped pizza over to us after the game because they had one spare and didn't want us to go to waste. They knew that Colm and I would give it a good home. Colm inhaled 60% of it in about, what, Colm, 30, 40 seconds? I'd say I got it in, yeah, less than the minute anyway, definitely. Very nice. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, Colm destroying a pizza in 60 seconds. It's a not beautiful sight, isn't it? Not something I thought I'd be <laughs> saying out loud, especially on the radio today. But uh, thanks to City for that pizza this afternoon. Elsewhere in cricket, uh, Cork County have lost to YMCA in the All-Ireland T20 Cup semi-final. YMCA posting a total of 131 for 8 after they were put into bat by County who'd won the toss. County though could only manage 91 all-out. In tennis, there'll be a newly crowned men's Grand Slam tennis champion of Flushing Meadows in New York this evening. The Austrian Dominic team faces Germany's Alexander Zverev in the final of the US Open. Naomi Saka last night won the women's singles title to claim her third Grand Slam win the first ever Tuscan F1 Grand Prix has proven to be very very eventful indeed Britain's Lewis Hamilton winning the race eight drivers failed to finish because of crashes Hamilton's uh, Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas held on for second with Red Bull's Alex Albon joining them in third right that's everything pretty much that happened today going on to reaction from the Gaelic Games and Blackrock as I mentioned overcoming Douglas today in a Southside Derby to claim a place in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship semi-final starting in his first championship game this season following an ankle injury Michael O'Halloran grabs 7 points from play while an Alan Connolly goal opened up a lead midway through the second half that Douglas couldn't recover from Douglas were impressive in the first half resigned to long distance attempts on goal and relied upon Cork senior Shane Kingston's contribution from place balls to keep them within reach in the second period full time in Porky Cueve Blackrock 122 Douglas 20 points Rockies manager Fergal Ryan spoke to the media including our own Lauren Guilfoyle following his side's win Yeah extremely pleased um, we knew the task coming down there was going to be very hard and I think our lads stood up and it was it was very pleasing to be honest with you yeah. we, we, there wasn't too many goal chances in that match from either of us and I think Alan got on the ball and you know he, he was being well marked to be honest with you there wasn't much um, he was able to do um, but he got away from that goal and um, got a great score and I suppose playing against the Breeze getting a couple of scores and limiting them to scoring was key and you know the lads worked very hard around the pitch yeah, I know. Overall, I think it was very pleasing. I suppose shots under pressure are always harder, I suppose. And I'd say a lot of those shots would have been under pressure. Um, I don't know now, but there was plenty aspects of that game that um, I was looking at where I said we could have done a lot better. And I suppose when we go back and have a look at the game, I'm sure there's loads of things we can improve on. But when, when you're playing a team that's very high standard and, you know, there's lots of things that mistakes that are made and when you're under pressure. So, look, a lot, a lot of what happened there in the game was, was great stuff, but there's definitely stuff that we can improve on. Yeah, he was. Um, he started fantastic. Um, got I don't know. Did he get five points in the first half yeah. um, from play? Yeah. And um, always looked dangerous. He's a great hand. And Mike is coming back from um, a fracture in his ankle. So you know that game will do him the world of good. And Niall as well. He ran out of just a bit of steam at the end. He worked so hard, and um, that'll do him the world of good as well. Leading into whoever we play um, in the semi-final now from the college and the Pearsha game. As well as the attack or defence, you forced Douglas to shoot from distance and I suppose resulted in numerous whites. 
Yeah, and, and there was great work from the midfielders there, working back and making sure that our lads, you know, were able to put in the challenges and put them under pressure. But um, I suppose if I don't, I don't know the wide count right now, but you were saying they had 10, 10 wides, is it? Second half, Second half 10 wides. Like, yeah, that's some of them might have been bad shooting now, but um, I'd say a lot of them would have been under pressure from our guys, which is which is good. That's what you want. Yeah, it's the Rockies boss, Fergal Ryan, there speaking after uh, today's win over Douglas. 122 to 20 points was how it finished. And that's to had the Rockies into the semi final. Uh, elsewhere, uh, last night in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship quarter final, Parky Quivern's own stunning Sarsfields with a victory to earn their place in the semi final against the Glen. Uh, it was a very close game, entertaining game in the second half. Aaron's own 16 points, Sarsfields 1 12 is how it finished. Aaron's own. Uh, holding out for a famous win afterwards manager Martin Bone showed how delighted he was with the win Martin congratulations on an exciting end yeah well look I thought we fully deserved it to be honest mm-hmm. uh, I thought we should have got two goals in the first half mm-hmm. but like you know I, and I know a lot of people had written us off um, but these guys have unbelievable pride in their parish uh, where they're from and they keep driving one another on the parish is everything to them the club is everything to them the jersey and when you have that kind of determination you always have a chance we have a lot of older guys there but you wouldn't know it in the last five minutes mm-hmm. so we're thrilled but from the get go I think you could see there was serious determination sometimes you could even see some fire in their eyes on the way even when they were talking about before the game yeah well I suppose when you're underdogs you know there, are, there is I was, it's easier to come into a game obviously when you are the underdog um, but we have a lot of belief in ourselves and as, as I say these lads I can't stress the point enough like they have so much pride in the parish and so much pride in our club and Jersey and uh, that's what they want to do I mean they've done it three times already coming from big leads to, mm. you know, to, to either win or draw a game so. What difference has Don Norrug made to you this year? Actually, Don is unbelievable. He's a fantastic this is coach. With, with you, yeah, sir. he's a fantastic holding coach. I would reckon. Warford man. Warford man. Yeah. But any time I was successful with Aaron's own, I had a Warford man with me. I shot him and the night pack early. And uh, Don, he knows the hat trick, so hopefully that'll work out for Yeah, and he seems like very enthusiastic speaking to the players there. He's just like one of your own, really, isn't it? The way he's. he's oh, yeah, so he's like. Up. Yeah, since he came in, he's been fantastic. And I suppose. Don did an awful lot with the Waterford Camogie team you probably know yeah. that trade the last yeah. two years he bought him from nowhere like two I know the quarter final in yeah, yeah, Ireland yeah. and um, I was watching to be honest with you yeah and I said, well, I said if I was going to get back involved, he was the yeah. man I wanted. Yeah. And luckily enough, he came on board. But yeah. I couldn't say enough about him. Okay. Your previous games, you've been fighting to come back into it. You went from the get-go tonight. Yeah. Well, I suppose we've been stressing that since the last game. You know, <laughs> we can't keep coming from behind all the time. And uh, I suppose this was the local derby. Yeah. And we felt, you know, say also the good young team, very good young team. And we felt if they, we gave them any kind of a lead, mm. we wouldn't be able to peg them back. So that was, you know, we were stressing that we had to go from the start. And thank God we did. There were kind of periods against Bishop Town, I suppose, and Blackrock when your performance, you know, left a lot to be desired. But I suppose it was resilience in those games. That was the key, really. You really dug your way out of holes in those games. Almost came back against Blackrock. Yeah, well, uh, we would be looking against Blackrock now, and we were well outplayed for a lot of the game. But we brought it back two points, missed the chance to go level. And I think we did Blackrock under pressure at that stage um, against Bishop Town. We just never played in the first 25 minutes and came back storming back then to draw the match against Newtown. We were dead and buried with, in injury time, but again, came back. And that has to tell you something about the character of the guys, you know. And uh, again, I stress the point, like, they have so much pride in themselves and what they do and what they represent. And, um, you know, I think that's a big uh, character. Yeah, and I suppose outside of the two goal chances, you said that you could have had probably, you know, when you look back at the game, you had a lot of wides as well. The wides tally, you know, in both halves. Yeah, I'm not sure how many wides we had, yeah. but we had a lot of wides. And we missed a few free chances as well, which no one would normally put out the bear, you know. But look, 
and that's what needs to happen. I suppose, we're, yeah. we're plenty to work on. I mean, we're going in the next day against probably the favourites now again, the Glen. And uh, look, we're in a county semi-final. We certainly didn't expect to get there, but we give it our best shot again. And do you think, you know, the extra game, the Glen waiting in the semi-final, obviously, you've momentum now, I suppose. That bit of momentum, is that an advantage? Uh, I, I don't know. It's very, I suppose it's an advantage if you win. And yeah. If, 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 you, if, you, if you don't, you'll say the Glen had the advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, I suppose, look, it could definitely take on life its own again, you know. And so. your intensity tonight was incredible. The hook and the block. And there was uh, some there's brilliant hook and block. Unbelievable blocking. Like you know, when the, and he hunted yeah, in packs. Hunted in packs, yeah. And fierce determination and, you know, they're great guys great character and it's a pleasure to be involved with them and I couldn't speak highly enough for every one of them and anyone who says there's no intensity in car curling there was plenty of intensity out there wasn't there well they should of course unfortunately they couldn't I be here but, but there was the stream, there yeah. was well of course anyway the, the local day but it will always be out the, the best of one another there was an incredible incident right at the end then with the Hurley that's right that was an yeah. extra one without sitting back he lost the yeah, Hurley but that, I suppose that was a cameo of determination yeah, and yeah, the spirit yeah, that's yeah. in the squad you know it was absolutely fantastic yeah it's Marmont there of Aaron's own after famous win over Sarsfields last night 16 points to 112 down in Porky Cueve that sets up a clash with Aglin Rovers in the last four an update uh, from the new White Hart Lane where Tottenham are taking on Everton Nigel Bidmead Tottenham nil, Everton won. The visitors well worth their lead. They've been by far the better side in this second half. The goal came on 55 from a Lucadina free kick for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score with a firm header. The three new uh, boys in central midfield for Everton have been outstanding. Rodriguez, full of creative uh, talent, and Allen uh, guarding the back and Decore all action. Spurs have looked pedestrian. They've created very little for their star striker, Harry Kane. Everton lead a goal to nil. All right, a big game tonight. Uh, you've seen the Pierce going head to head in Porky Rain. That's underway at 7 pm. Aidan Leahy has been in conversation with both managers. He's been speaking to Tom Kenny, who takes charge of UCC in this year's championship. He's been giving his thoughts on how they've handled the year so far, whether the back to back Fitzgibbon Cup champions can emulate that success and overcome the Pierce to reach the semi finals. UCC manager Tom Kenny joins me to look ahead to their quarter final clash with Napier Shig in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. Tom, pleasure to speak with you. Aidan, how are you? Pleasure. I think it's fair to say that UCC caused an upset, at least to those outside the camp, after knocking out three in a row champions in McKelly in the colleges and divisional final. Uh, how big a win was that for UCC hurling? Um, well, I suppose for for UCC hurling in general, it, it was it was a great win. I suppose a, a lot of those players would have won Fitzgibbons in the last couple of years, and obviously there's a, a good sprinkling of intercounty players and Cork players in it who were playing at a very high grade. So. I suppose going into the game, we knew we had a great chance because we had played to Hollow. Um, and in McKinney, we were after losing, you know, Father O'Neill's and Klein players. And we'd heard rumours that some of the Castle Lions players weren't playing, playing. So, look, we knew it was probably th- the best opportunity to catch them in terms of they might have had a lot done. Uh, and I suppose we had the game under our belt. So it stood to us as at the very start of the game, we, we, we had a great start to the game. And... You know, that can be as crucial as for winning the game as the last five minutes were as winning the game for us, you know. I think most people can see it's difficult to keep the squad together when players obviously give first priorities to their home clubs. Uh, how important is it uh, to have that consistency within the team? And has this year been different to others in that aspect? Um, not so much really, Aidan, because look, we're in there with, with everything that's gone on with COVID and, and the crisis that, that has ensued um, or, or original plan was to just field the team field the uh, county championship team because we didn't want to go county championship without UCC having, having representation in it you know and 
um, I suppose it, it led puts looking within rather than outside our camp and a lot of the Cork based players were very keen to stay involved and to, to have UCC playing so we went on that basis and look, luckily against Duhalo and against Tim McKinley we had players available to us in, in UCC who, who wouldn't be Cork based players but um, we based a lot of our thinking at the outset that we'd have 15 or 20 Cork players that we'd get a team out and at least UCC would partake in the competition um, and that was that was our original goal, you know. And we're delighted that that's happened as such. That we with a fantastic win against Jim McKilly, um and that probably has given everyone the boost. Have you been able to keep a sort of a core from the Fitzgibbon Cup team this year? Yeah, there's six or seven players from the Fitzgibbon Cup team. The likes of Mark Coleman, there, Paddy O'Loughlin, Paddy Cadell, you've Dave Griffin and Dave Loney. Um, Shane Conway obviously from Kerry looking that's been they're nearly the, the names I suppose as such that have been on the Fitzgibbon tunnel the last couple of years and won two Fitzgibbons and I suppose the nature of the victory against the McKinley was probably born from their Fitzgibbon wins um, Mark Coleman getting a sideline in the semi-final uh, the, the final they got I think they were four or five points down on the day and, and they, they pegged it back to win by a couple of scores so they, that group of players seemed to have a great um inherent ability to dig out a result you know and that showed against the McKinley when the goal went in we all thought on the side and look that was it that you know the county champions from the last three years are after going a point ahead with two three minutes left and we said they'd see out the game but our, our lads rose to the occasion and it was fantastic Has this year presented an opportunity for UCC that, that maybe you haven't had in, in the last couple of years with the, the way the championship has gone due to Covid? I suppose it has and it hasn't Aidan you know a couple of years ago there we beat we beat Middleton um and we knew we were playing Sars in the semi-final, I think it was, and or maybe it was the quarter-final, and look, Sars beat us after replay, and the following year we beat Sars, and we lost eventual champions in McKinley, so, uh, you know, apart from McKinley, those big names are there, and the Pearshig will be glad that they're in the quarter-final too, regardless of what ins and outs and difficulties the Bears had in their group, they still qualified from their group, so look, you, you look after your own house, and the Pearshig and the Glen came through, so they'll be delighted with that, and they'll know that look, they're down to the last sales as well. So it's anybody's game, really. They've got a fantastic couple of young players coming through, and, and Derek Connery, Evan Sheehan, Shane Ford, and all. Then you have the Joyce's that have been there a, a good number of years, so they have a good mix. So they'll be a good team, and they'll be glad that they're in a quarter final too, you know. Yeah, it certainly will be an interesting affair. Tom, best of luck and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Aidan. No problem at all. Yeah, it's UCC's uh, Tom Kenny there ahead of tonight's clash uh, with Napier Shiggs. A couple of score updates before we hear from Pierre Shiggs. Uh, in the Senior Camogie Championship semi final course, your overs are leading Douglas 115 to 15. Approaching full time at the new White Hart Lane, it is Tottenham nil, Everton 1, Dominic Calvert, Lewin's goal uh, separating the sides. And in the SSC or Tristy League Premier Division, a match that I Cork City fans certainly keeping an eye on Finn Harps nil Derry City nil um, a draw uh, we'll see Harps off the table on goal difference um, put Cork City back into 10th place so I think uh, everyone hoping for a Derry City win today elsewhere uh, Aidan speaking uh, to Napiershig's uh, manager Colin O'Sullivan to get his thoughts ahead of the game with uh, UCC Napiershig senior hurling manager Colin O'Sullivan joins me ahead of their quarter final against UCC on Sunday. Colin, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Eden. Glad to be here. You came through a difficult group, it must be said, with Glen Rovers, the Bears, and Carrick Tuchel. Whilst you'd be happy to be in the quarter finals, do you think the team has performed to its potential so far? 
Um, I, th- I think we have in, in, in patches, right? There's no doubt. Um, I think the Bounds was our best performance. Um, the second half against Carrie Toole uh, was an also good performance. The last did the and um, we got a good draw out of it, and we kind of carried that into the Bounds game. Um, unfortunately, this was the Glen was a disappointing performance from us, right? We were home to Malone and make um, we doing a better a better show of ourselves. Um, but look, the first half I thought we competed fairly well, and um, we missed a couple of early scores. But the second half, um, I suppose we we didn't. We, we but look, that's that's the challenge ahead of us uh, going into the game with UCC on Sunday night. That we need to um, we need to get a reaction out of the guys. And look, these these, these fellas are, are are a great great ambassador to our club, and I'm sure I'm sure look they'll come out and they'll be as hungry as anyone. Will you have an advantage over UCC in terms of match practice, considering their two games were nearly a month ago at this stage? I suppose it's a difficult one to find, really, because you know a lot of the guys are probably training as hard with their clubs, and um, when they come to UCC, and look, uh, I've watched that game with them Kelly a few times, and um, I'll be honest, like they are good quality hurlers. Um, it was, it was under they're training as hard with their clubs as they would have with UCC, and you know, look. And the nice, you'd be expecting the club team to have a bit more. But we've had a fair bit of disruption ourselves over over the year, you know, with, with injuries and the hurling and the football has been difficult to manage in terms of we have a small kind of group of players and a lot of the guys are, are back and forth between both codes because look, to be fair, they, they, they love one as much as the other and they're doing their best to kind of promote the club and the football side of things as well. But but it is a challenge, it is a challenge and look I'm sure every other club has, has had these issues as well, and look, we're not we're not different to anyone, but um, has been a bit of a challenge. We look, we're careful to bounce back on and Sunday against UCC. Has it been difficult to prepare for the match compared to the the group games where you would have had a better idea of the opponent starting fifteen, whereas with UCC there's always that that element of unpredictability with their squad. Um, look, I just want the focus that we went in with, with this year and to find the mindset for the lads was that we'd prepare for every game no matter who who we were playing really but kind of look after our own doorstep and, and make sure that we we the right mindset going down there and, and other focus and performing ourselves. Um, and I think we've looked, the lads, the lads are showing the great, I suppose, great, you know, adaptability. They have to change along and adapt to different situations. And I, I don't think UCC game will be any different in our approach. It'll be just the same thing, work on our performance and work on our, our passion to get out there and win the game and put us into a semi-final, which will be a great step forward for the team. Well, Colin, pleasure to talk to you and uh, best of luck for the weekend. Great, thanks very much. That's Colin Sullivan there from the Pierce Street. Get out tonight's clash with UCC 7 o'clock. The throwing time for that one. All right, uh, it's all over at uh, the new White Hart Lane Stadium. Uh, Everton have gotten off their season off to a winning start with a 1 0 win over Spurs today, thanks to that uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin goal 55 minutes into that game. Still scores as well between Finn Harps and Derry City. will get a full time report on that Tottenham and Everton game soon. But we're going to talk ladies' football. The senior final yesterday, West Cork defeating Moran Abbey. The third time of asking, the third time in a row that they meet in the finals. And uh, West Cork defeating Moran Abbey is seven in a row. The divisional side winning on a score in a 4 9 to 2 13. Derek Kiley with the game winning goal just in the stroke of full time. Uh, John McCarthy was in CIT yesterday. He's been speaking to manager Brian. McCarthy and selector Anna Grady. I'm standing here with the victorious senior A county winning championship management team. Some of them, two people who have been involved for an awful long time, have brought West Cork football forward. Anna Grady from Bantry, Brian McCarthy, Clannagale. First of all, Brian, congratulations. How does it feel to finally get over the line? Sounds very nice, George, when you say it, I have to say. Um, look, it's in the history books. Um, 
very proud. Like I said, the girls, no regrets. And we don't have any regrets. And very, very proud of each and every one of them. I thought we just battled extremely hard for each other out there. I thought that was a sign. I knew, I think all year we've asked for that. And to be a bit more explosive up front and kill and kill. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it's going well enough. There was patches there where, we look, look, you're talking about the opposition of the quality more than every day they're going to have their dominance. But I just thought we just not hung in there. We were composed and, you know, we, we moved the ball where we were back to the wall. We were still able to win the turn the ball over and just come out of the fence and stretch them a bit like and maybe they were new to that but look they're, they're a great team and got credit to Moran Abbey for the last six years and so, but today's our day so sure I have to say very happy equally happy Anna Grady you've been involved in ladies football for an awful long time this must be one of your proudest moments yeah for certain I think um, I suppose five years ago when I suppose we got, got the whole division together first of all um, and I suppose Brian McCarthy asked me to come on board you know it wasn't a thing I'd think twice about um, anybody from West Cork and I think even people outside West Cork know how proud a division it is and how much we'll stick together and you know I don't think anything compares to this I've won, I've won Cork minor All-Irelands I've, I've, you know I just don't think anything compares to these these are like your, your friends you're winning them with girls who you've grown up watching playing girls who are older than me younger than me and I'm just so thrilled for them it's about it's their day like we're delighted to be here on the sideline to, to facilitate but it's their day they pulled us out and you know I think this year they really when the county was off they really decided that you know the focus was on their club and I think they count their club as well as West Cork so they put the same amount into their clubs they did West Cork and um, look we just couldn't be prouder Is it fair to say you were more settled coming into it this year? Oh, 100% 100% we actually remarked on this last night we had a, a Zoom call and we were saying you know it's, it's, it's the most composed we've been in the week leading up to it we've been relaxed we've been having a bit of fun we've been serious about our football of course but you know girls are going away smiling they're enjoying it and you know I think Martina O'Brien said it just before the game she was like she's never enjoyed football ever so much as she has this year just being back with the club and everything and just having that time to devote to the local football so I think that says it all Final word to you Brian in all the years you've been coaching you put a huge amount of time and effort into this particular squad this venture which shall be called with West Cork the future of West Cork football you see Valley Rovers some of the players there winning a county title you see Donnie's knocking on the door you see Clannacilty winning an intermediate football is on the up in West Cork what will this do for us? I think it'll do a huge amount for it. Sure, I think there's great work being done in the clubs. There's no question about that. But I think I've always said that West Cork has a couple of ambitions in that was first of all, to win a county, but also to facilitate the girls who are at clubs who, look, they might never get the chance to play with Cork. But this is a huge fillip for that, that they can aim to try and play with West Cork ladies. And I see young girls around and they're asking me about West Cork ladies and how you're going, how you're doing. And the, the underage setup, that's fantastic for them to see that. Look, on, their, on our day, we're as good as anybody out there and look as Anne said they're very very proud it's up there with anything I've ever achieved with club or anything like that I have to say um, and I'm delighted thrilled to get the girls deserve all the credit as you say we're on the sideline we just tried to direct them but they were outstanding today absolutely outstanding right, you're also got a chance to speak uh, to West Cork's so Libby Coppinger after yesterday's game uh, Libby Coppinger, uh, your time with St. Columns, your time playing both football and camogie for Cork at inter-county level, you've achieved an awful lot in a short period of time, but with West Cork, today is the first day you can call yourself a senior A county champion. I assume this is up there with some of the best accolades you've had. Oh, 100%. This will, this will be remembered now for years to come. Well, no, it'll never be forgotten, to be honest. It's unbelievable. It hasn't sunk in yet, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. But we'll enjoy it and come here quite, but not a better feeling in the world right now anyway one of your better games for West Cork you were you were double marked on a lot of, on a lot of occasions you still managed to get through for a couple of goals is this the hardest game you've had against Mornabby? 
Yeah, look, every game against Morn Abbey is it's a tough match, um, but today was no different. Like they're they're never going to let you off easy, and um, like it was down to the wire again. Like we were making, we were dropping everyone back to the end just to make sure nothing happened. Um, but yeah, a, a tough day at the office, but the bruises won't matter this evening anyway. <laughs> I assume the celebrations will be socially distant for some period of it anyway. But look, from your own personal point of view, being a senior eight county champion is a huge achievement and something you deserve for all the effort and time that not just you but the entire squad have put in. Yeah, it's massive. Like a couple of years ago, you could have never dreamed of this. Like playing, like playing junior C football. Like I love it, love my club, but it's it's a massive honour to get to play. And it's, it's the standard football is unbelievable. Like it's just great that we're competing at this level, and it brings you on massively. Um, but yeah, a county medal, it's definitely something you wanted. Um, so yeah, we're delighted. <laughs> yeah, it's Libby just speaking after uh, West Cork's fantastic win over Moore Abbey yesterday, four nine to two third teams. How that finished? St Michael's crowned the junior D champions yesterday after their win over Rockball and Joe got a chance to be the joint captains and twin sisters, Sophie and Chloe Lynch. Joint captain, uh, joint captains of the uh, winning uh, county junior D champions for 2020, St Michael's, Sophie and Chloe. Chloe. Sorry, Chloe, uh, you're, you're standing next to me here. Um, first of all, hearty congratulations. This is a fantastic day for St Michael's. Very important that you win a trophy at the end of such a, uh, a weird year, I would imagine. But great for you and great for your team. Exactly. Yeah, sure. It's been a long road. A couple of months ago, we wouldn't have expected anyone to be even out in the pitches. So sure, it's great even to be out playing. And sure, we've been training hard all year. It was great. We're delighted with the win working up to us yeah you had a tough from rock bond today and you especially a couple of occasions more than a couple of occasions you threw yourself at a forward coming in to deny them a goal that last one you got injured how are you you okay after it yeah I'm grand it's a bit swollen but the ice pack got lost in celebrations so might, might get put back on later we'll see how hard the party is <laughs> yeah but rock bond gave a great game in fairness sure you, you couldn't have asked for better opponents um, yeah and I think we were a bit of the underdogs and we just brought it that extra mile today and it was great stuff by everyone uh, your joint captain and your twin sister in goal Sophie you put in a terrific performance you had to make some important saves there early in the first half just when Rockbourne were getting on top had they gone in we could have had a different outcome yeah definitely the game could have gone either way today really I think we were lucky um, coming into it we knew they were a very strong team we were prepared to give it our all we were ready from the get go so yeah I think that's that's what gave us the leg up today we were just ready from the start um, yeah there was a few saves could have, could have gone either way really and we had a few unfortunate goals then in the second half but it went our way in the end so it was great yeah, just about that unfortunate goal was it you got the last touch there fullback jeez don't mention the war <laughs> I don't know yeah sure it bounced off the crossbar I think no one no one expected it yeah. but we came back anyway from it and that's what matters most you always say you scored a goal in the county <laughs> final so don't worry about that <laughs> Sophie just finally to you we've already spoken to some of the players about just what how much this means to St Michael's because you were coming in as kind of underdogs today Rock Bond had been in the final last year they knew a lot about this grade but you played superbly everyone throughout from 1 to 15 and everyone had to put in a shift at different times when you were down to 14 players yeah exactly um, we all came here today we didn't know how it was going to go and we just put all we put our all in and it really could have gone either way and it's such a reward for all of us we're quite some of us are young and there's quite an age gap between the players so there like there's there was some communication people thought that we wouldn't be good but we've really bonded as a team and I think we played very well today and I, I think it shows on the pitch how, how strong we've bonded seeing as we're training all the time we put in so much effort so yeah it's just a great word to the end of a great season yeah
And lovely for the club, lovely for your supporters. There was none officially here today. There were a few spotted, you know, through the trees and stuff. But for the club as a whole, this is really a good good end to, uh, as I said already to, to your twin sister, a, a weird year. Yeah, it was very strange, Andrew. We didn't know would we be training, would we be playing matches, didn't know if the whole thing would be called off. But yeah, we're just happy to be out on the pitch again. Um, no matter what happens, we're, we're just delighted to be playing and great that we had such a good game. And yeah just training matches whatever we're all ready to go and this will give us another boost now for next season That's Sophie and Chloe Lynch there speaking to Jar after uh, yesterday's win over Rockbourne uh, at the Crown Daily Football uh, Junior D Champions congratulations indeed uh, to St Michael's right uh, full time report uh, from uh, Tottenham and Everton Nigel Bidmead Tottenham nil, Everton 1 a fully deserved win for the visitors with their new midfield trio of Rodriguez Allen and Ducore key to the victory their first over Spurs in 8 years the goal on 55 came from a free kick Luca Dean picking out Dominic Calvert-Lewin who scored with a firm header Everton controlled the game especially in the second half and created lots of other openings but they needed their England goalkeeper Jordan Pickford to make excellent first half stops from Delhi Alley and Tottenham debutante Matt Doherty. Spurs nil, Everton won. All right, still to come, we're going to hear from Stuart Ashton after Cove Ramblers' big defeat last night at the hands of UCD. But up next, uh, we're talking to Cork star Conor Cahalan about the Go Red for Cork and Mermont campaign. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Right, glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench. Now, Cork GA fans being urged to go red for Cork in Marymount this week. Tuesday marks the 30th anniversary of the Cork double when the footballers defeated Meath to add the Sam McGuire to the Lee McCarthy captured by the hurdlers two weeks previously. Cork fans being asked to go red and to donate funds for Marymount by texting Marymount to 50300 or to go online idonate.ie forward slash go red for Cork. The idea is the brainchild of James O'Connor who launched the idea with his friend Cork, Castlehaven and St. Finbar star Connor Cahalan, the son of Niall Cahalan, who won the All Ireland with the footballers in 1990. I've been speaking to both, starting with James. And well, basically, um, a customer of mine came in one day and he was saying to me, um, "What are, what are you going to do for the Cork double winning team? Is, is there anybody doing anything? You know." So we came up with the idea. I was at home one day, then I said, do "You know what? I just wrote it on social media, and I put it on Facebook, and Conor Cahalan spotted it." Share this, and all of a sudden we had 130,000 likes on Facebook and Twitter. So it went from there in, you know. Exactly, and I mean, like Mary Mount is obviously. It grew. Yeah, it just grew. And um, there was Taylor started sharing it within the GA, and um, it just grew and grew and grew, and all of a sudden, just within a couple of hours, it went bad, you know. Exactly, yeah, and obviously Marymount, it's been a, a tough time for Marymount considering funding oh, and fundraising. And it's a great cause, like. Like everybody's after touching everybody's lives at some stage within the core community, you know. Exactly, I think Marymount is something that I think uh, a lot of people in Cork uh, have a, have a, a connection with and are very very passionate about. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's going to be, look hopefully it raise a nice a nice a nice amount of money from you know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like you're asking people to go red for Cork on the 16th of September, which is um, it coincides uh, with the 30th anniversary of the double. So it's kind of a perfect kind of synergy there. Oh, it is. It's a great connection, a great team, like you know. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, like when you say go red, what is it you want people to do? We want everybody, every family, every school child to wear red on the day and share their images online, also, like you know. And obviously to raise money for Marymount uh, while doing so. Of course, it's all it's all for a great cause. And how do people um, donate? And how do people go about doing that? James? Okay, you can text 
text Mary Moon to 50300 mm-hmm. or I donate Mary Moon. I donate uh, Mary Moon, yeah. And obviously a lot of the money is going towards Mary Moon Hospice and it's going to Cartier as well. So, I mean, like it's vital for both. Oh, it is. It's vital. And look, the G8, to be fair, it's like the G8 has no income at the moment. So the, the few bob that is going to the G8, like it'll be used for kids and things come, coming, through, coming through to the next generation of teams, you know? And you launched it in Parky Cueve last week, which must have been a very special occasion. Always have it. It was a great day down there, you know. And look, it's a fabulous stadium they have as well, like, you know. And like to have the likes of uh, Niall Cahalan and to have the likes of Tomas Mulcahy at it as well. Tomas Mulcahy. Always oh, fabulous. Excellent stuff. And when you got Connor on board then, he was all for it. All for it. And um, that night when Connor tweeted it, um, it was shared. We, we got messages back from Boston, from America, from Australia, and it just took off, you know. Okay. Uh, Davey Russell retweeted it. Damien Delaney, the soccer player, retweeted it. It just took off. Like, then the GF contacted us the next day, and it just grew from there. Like, you know, everybody, everybody wants to be involved in some part, like, you know. Yeah, it's that kind of beautiful thing. It's such a simple idea, and I think that's it's, what's kind of captured, uh, captured everyone's imagination. Ah, uh, indeed. Like, the, the, amount, the amount of businesses who are supporting us, it's off the wall, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had like Derek McCarthy, McCarthy meets uh, Paul Montgomery from Clancy's. They all jumped on board straight away. Like, to be fair, you know. Um, when James asked you to, to get involved and stuff like that, I mean, like, what was your reaction? Oh, I jumped on board straight away. You know, with the extra kind of bit of incentive that my father was involved on the day in nineteen ninety with the footballers, so I kind of again great attraction from there. Um, and I just thought that for the players involved. Back then, it would have been a great idea to kind of, you know, commemorate their great achievement. And, you know, you're doing something something good for charity as well. You know, in the circ- under current circumstances, we can't kind of run an event for it. So we thought that the best way to go with it was to, to do something for charity. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, like, you know, Mary Mount is very close to the hearts of Cork people. And uh, we just thought of them straight away. Because you had fantastic success with the, the, the solo run earlier on in the year as well. Yeah, like Robbie O'Flynn in fairness to him, um, him and his brother kind of ran a, a great gig for uh, Mary Mount during the summer, so um, we kind of thought of that from there. And obviously, as you mentioned, your dad, the connection with that, that team being part of the footballers team, I mean, like, and imagine when he goes out and about, everyone still to this day talks about that Dublin 1990. I would, yeah, yeah. You see, it's very kind of unique to the GA, a kind of senior men's team winning the double. So it's a uh, probably won't won't be achieved again. Probably not, but you wouldn't know. But I, I suppose that's that's why it's so unique and it's very important to kind of commemorate it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so for going red, everyone just to wear red, decorate their offices red next week. The whole crack. Yeah, exactly. Anything you can think of, like you know, lights and buildings and. Staff coming in wearing red and whatnot. You know, anything that you can think of that you can turn red, turn a red, because it's all for a great cause. Yeah, exactly. It's been a tough year for Marymount, as I mentioned to, to James. The amount of fundraising that they've been able to do has been severely limited. So, the more people can donate yeah. to this, uh, the better. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like they've they've been hit hard recently, and um, it'd be great if people of Cork now could all come rally together and kind of give them the extra bit of help that they need. Exactly, and um, be sure. Which I, which I know they will, because the, the people of Cork are very good for, for these kind of things, so we're looking forward to seeing how much now we can come together with.
Yeah, be sure and use the hashtag GoRed for Cork when you're posting it on social media on the 16th. Um, Connor, while I have you, just yeah. on Castlehaven, I mean, like, uh, fantastic feats being to the semi finals. I'd imagine with you being involved with St. Finbars, you're delighted, like, to have a game off and uh, go straight to the semi finals. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've we've out to the semi finals. So, um, I look, going into the Island Rovers game, we kind of, we didn't really think of semi finals. We were just kind of going out and, um, our best of arms but when it came to us it turned out the last 10 minutes we actually had a chance of going through so we kind of I suppose we turned a bit rootless in the end instead of popping balls and flying so we were happy to, to make it in the end it's a bit of a break now for myself Sam and Jack um, which is good we couldn't need us because we've had the last kind of 7-8 weeks in a row Yeah. so it's good for us to get a break and did you have someone on the sidelines kind of keep me up to date with the Nemo score or what was the story what was the story yeah, yeah, we had a few following us there on Twitter and things like that, so the, the work got round. Yeah, but you're, you're so motoring along. Yeah, motoring along very nicely to Castlehaven, though, so you must like be happy the way things are going. Oh, yeah, yeah, happy out now, and you know, even for my, myself, Damon and Jack there, we kind of we don't get down often enough during the year, so it's great that we kind of we have it full time now at the moment. Mm. Exactly, yeah. and for the Bars hurlers as well. I mean, like you've already that relegation battle, but um, what was your thoughts in the three yeah. group games that you played? Um, we, we got off to a kind of a disappointing start. We were kind of we we hadn't put in the performances in the first two games, and I, I suppose in the last game we kind of we got things together and um, we rallied together for a performance, and it kind of showed what we were capable of in the end. Mm. But um, it was nearly a little. Little too late for us, like you know. Mm. Overall, Connor, I think. Um, what are your thoughts on the group stage, the, the format? It seems to have gone on quite well with all the players and management. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a great format. Uh, to be honest, like I know it's tough on on dual clubs going the kind of seven eight weeks in a row, but I think everyone would agree that it's kind of a, a great way and it'll probably be the best way going forward, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. And you've had like uh, the last seven or eight weeks to focus solely on the club season, and that's going to continue right up to the finals. Is that something you'd be hoping to see continue for next year and the years going on? Yeah, definitely. Like I remember um, Michael Hurley there from Castlehaven after the the Ross Carberry game spoke about how you, you go around and ask any intercounty player around the country, and they'd probably agree with this way of doing it. And I'd say they're probably happy to be with their clubs full time at the moment. So. I, I do think it's definitely a way, a way, a way forward. Fingers crossed. By the time you get to the final stage, there will be some supporters uh, allowed in to watch the games. How have you found playing kind of an empty, an empty stadiums and empty, empty, empty matches? Um, I suppose, I suppose when you're playing, kind of, you you kind of block it out yourself during the game. But it's kind of great after the game if you get a win or or a last even like that. That people are around you and things like that. I suppose you'd miss that sort of thing. So just after the game, where you be in their own family members and friends and things like that. But it, it is great having supporters at the game, obviously. Like, you, you, you are looking forward to getting them back. And, you know, there's, there's people in the parish there that have been going to the game for 50 and 60 years and, and they're stuck at home watching it on a live stream. So I'd say they're, they're nearly bursting to get out as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not the same watching it in the stream, all right? <laughs> 
that's not really like especially the supporters we'd have there at home in Castellane they'd be very passionate about it I'd say through them it's not sure if you two TVs already <laughs> alright Connor. thanks very much for talking to us James thanks very much for talking to us uh, go red for a cork thanks for Mary Mount happens on the 16th of September uh, be sure and tag uh, hashtag um, go red for cork and Mary Mount an official cork to you and um, thanks very yeah. much for talking to us lads and wish you the very best of success with the, the initiative next week Thanks, Rory. Really appreciate it. Yeah, great to hear there from uh, Cork star Conor Cahalan about the Go Red for Cork campaign, Go Red for Marymount campaign, which is happening uh, this coming Wednesday. I said Tuesday in the intro. Apologies for that. It's actually this coming Wednesday, the 16th, and to coincide with the 30th anniversary of the Cork Double. Fantastic stuff indeed. And a great way to raise funds uh, for Marymount, who, as we were mentioning there, um, are struggling with fundraising because of COVID-19 and the restrictions that placed on co- uh, fundraising so be sure and support that if you can wear red if you can decorate your office red if you can decorate your house red if you can this coming Wednesday and uh, text Mary Mo to 50300 or go online to idonate.ie forward slash go red for Cork uh, still scores between Finn Harps and Derry City 83 minutes on the clock there in that North West Derby um, we're going to talk football now and um not a night to remember for co-ramblers last night in the uh, first division as they lost 6-0 to UCD at St. Coleman's Park. Now, the game changing um, after uh, fullback John Kavanagh was shown a second yellow card after 37 minutes. Second yellow card looked very, very harsh indeed. Looked like he won the ball. The referee showing him a red card for a second yellow. Um, remains... 1-0 at that point to UCD but in the second half um, the students took control and uh, got five goals in the second half and a big big defeat for Ramblers last night who had been motoring along very very nicely indeed but still just three points off uh, that playoff spot so uh, we're going to hear now from uh, Stuart Ashton who's been speaking uh, to uh, Lucas Keating following last night's game Yeah obviously it's not the result we want um, you know um, it was from our point of view, um, self-inflicted. Um, we've let a sloppy goal go in, you know, a fella's run from 30, 40 yards, he's gone all the way through and he's, he's slotted one home, you know, which isn't what we've been about for the last few weeks, you know, you know that was too easy from our point of view. Um, at 1-0 then, obviously they've got they've got their tails up of, to an extent, um, managed the game well. Um, then obviously uh, the second goal you know it makes it even harder for us uh, man sent off makes it harder for us um, at 2-0 uh, we've had a chance could have got one back made it different but then you know situations going on uh, the sending off obviously didn't make it easier and we've um, we've lost our organisation and um, we've lost our concentration and we, we're out of the game and we've got so much for it and you know we've we've had you know keepers made another good save I think at three or something like that but at that stage you know we, we've got to be looking at ourselves and we didn't do that tonight we just we were just all over the show and the result showed it What was your opinion of the referee's performance? So you saw that as well as me, like you know the two yellow cards. Second one was a a fair challenge, and he's got booked for it. So why he was sent off? No one, the bench, the player said to our player been sent off. 
couldn't see what was wrong so yeah but I suppose looking ahead to next week at Lone away it's, it's a good opportunity to just put this behind you and, and move on in the league and keep doing what you showed the last few weeks yeah you know we you know you know, we're on a little run and, and that's that's ended now, so we've got to start again. You know, realistically we'd we never thought we were gonna to go to the end of the season, but in the manner is the hurting part. The lads obviously are all hurting for what has happened. But they've got to learn from that, you know. We've learned the hard way tonight because we've we got battered by six goals, you know, and that hasn't been us and you know, we have to regroup now and you know, you're saying Athlone, but uh, any team in this division, as we've seen results here, there and everywhere, it's not going to be an easy game. So, look, we have to get back onto the training ground, get the lads' heads up, um, and we have to learn. And, you know, you talk about game management. At 2-0, UCD were game management. They were just putting the ball back over us. They didn't, for want of a better one, didn't care about their style. They were just there to win the game. 2-1, if we'd have got that one, it would have been more interesting. But it wasn't to be tonight, and fair play to them. You actually had a goal disallowed in the first couple of minutes of the game. I actually didn't see what the, was disallowed for. Do you think that could have changed the game? Definitely, yeah. You know, I think he's he said he was offside. The second fellow was offside directly from the ball in. Again, I need to look at the videos on that. We, we'll analyse all those things. But it's been and done. The decision at the time was made. And yes, it would have changed the game. Um, who knows? Would it have been a 1-0? Would it have been 5-0 to us? We won't know that. The decision was made. We we get on with it. You know, the ones, you know, we have to live with the decisions, unfortunately, tonight. Um, as we've all seen, they went the way they went. Would you do anything different considering it was such a bad defeat tonight? A few heads might have dropped in, in advance of next week's game. Yeah, we just we won't do anything from now. We'll be training, we train with the same intensity and we do our tactics and everything. We just have to get the lads up, uh, you know. Again, I think a lot of it was self-inflicted, you know, the way the way they did things, the way they let the heads go at certain points in the game. So, look, we'll look at the videos of it. We'll sit down and talk to everyone, individuals, and we'll get the lads up for the game again. Still a long way to go in the season. Um, but again, you know, no one's happy after those defeats like that. Yeah, very frustrated. Uh, Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton there after last night's defeat and uh, talking about that red card and uh, for uh, John Kavanagh that completely changed the game, but... Uh, sobering result for Ramblers but as I said still very very much in the hunt for that promotion playoff spot alright um, next week we're going to have uh, a special on the, uh, the double we're going to hear from uh, Larry Tompkins and uh, we're going to hear from uh, Tomas Mulcahy we're just going to play a little brief uh, sneak preview of our chat uh, with Tomas Mulcahy about uh, the 30th anniversary of that historic double uh, Tomas has been in conversation with Valerie and uh, we're going to play the full thing next week here's just a little sneak preview we are selling Celebrating its 30 year anniversary since Cork G won the double in the football and hurling. And who better than to celebrate with the main man himself, Tomas Mulcahy. Tomas, thanks for joining me on the Big Red Bench. No problem. You're more than welcome. Tomas, does it feel like 30 years ago? <laughs> no, it does not. And I don't like you referring to the main man because um, <laughs> there was a lot of main men on those, on, on those days back then, you know. So... Um, I'd like to think it was a, a very much a team and collective effort in terms of our success back then. But you're right, it, 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 
massive, massive memories. And it kind of only seems like yesterday, 30 years. <laughs> it's a long time in anyone's life. But um, I suppose that historic period back then in September was... It is It is etched in many memories of, of the GA following around Cork and maybe around the country and overseas as well. All the Cork, Cork connections over or diaspora, uh, fantastic. And uh, there's a lot of good well, good well wishes have gone on over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think people are right just to remember it maybe and um, maybe to kind of take on board what's happening over the next couple of days in, in terms of the Cork going red, which is a fantastic initiative. Yeah, and winning All-Irelands are the stuff dreams are made of. I know that. Does 1990 stand out for you as the, the best one for you, Tomás? Uh, I suppose it, it does. When you, when, look, the whole thing was just was just surreal. From, from if, you're, if you're looking at the hurling side of things, uh, we, we didn't have a great 88 and 89 uh, two-year period to that. Uh, 1990 didn't start out too well either. Um but we, we recovered and had a great victory in Tarvis in, in the Munster final and then to go on to Crow Park for Allen final day. And we weren't given a chance. And this was putting the Cork team as, in as underdogs in an Allen final, sued us down to the ground. And um, we, we performed brilliantly on the day. Um, had a bit of luck. Got a couple of uh, rubs of the green, as the fellow would say. But on Allen final day, you get, some, you get things like that. And um, it was a high-scoring game um, against the Berlin Galway team. Um, an absolutely fantastic team. And, um, and I suppose we kind of didn't realise back then I mean, the importance of, of winning the All-Ireland. Mm. Maybe for, look, it was my third one and others that were in the team as well had played in a lot of All-Irelands before that and had played in a lot of matches before that. And um, But when, you, when you're in a situation where the footballers had qualified for a fortnight later and the buzz around the city just grew and grew and grew and I must have put immense pressure on the footballers <laughs> to say there's a chance to actually create a bit of history do a double and um, it was just a, it was just that fortnight and maybe the next six months and 12 months after it <laughs> <laughs> can be remembered as well because we had some crack we celebrated well and, uh, and rightly so Rightly so, is right. But it was such a big day. Can you remember nerves on the day, the parade, the bus? Can you remember that excitement? Ah, uh, you can. You, you can because, like traditionally, from a Cork perspective, you travel up on the Saturday. Um, you go by train. Everybody meets in the train station, and um, you say goodbye to family, and you say goodbye to mothers and fathers, and they're all wishing you well. And but, like as a player, all you want to do is get to meet the lads again, get get part of the team, get part of the setup, have the bit of crack in the train whether it's a game of cards on the way up and um, a bit of fun. And then, like your hotel on the Saturday night, I mean, we used to end up Burlington Hotel and Burlington Hotel was like Parky Creeve on match day. It was just jammers from <laughs> everywhere and people looking for tickets, the lobby full, right? So you kind of want to get away from that space and we normally go to, to the Dow Track, Shelburne Park on the Saturday night and go to the Greyhounds. And... Um, that was kind of a, a maybe a history that was there from 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 early days with some of the the other older generation, and um, that kind of tradition was carried on. And we go out there, we spend the night outside there, and come back to the hotel later on, and um, have our pint of milk and a sandwich, and, and head off to bed. And yeah, great stuff from Smalls Mike. Sneak preview there of our lengthy chat that we're going to have with him uh, on next week's show to celebrate uh, the thirtieth anniversary of the double. And that's pretty much it from us for our show for you this evening thanks very much indeed for tuning our way um, we're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm uh, Valerie's back in the hot seat next uh, Saturday 
and our podcast will be online as well redfm.ie very very shortly indeed as well if you missed any of today's show or even yesterday's show be sure and get uh, on that on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts from finished scores between Finn Harps and Derry City that means that uh, Finn Harps are off the bottom of the table Cork City are bottom uh, by virtue of their inferior goal difference Cork City minus 13 Finn Harps minus 11 I just want to play you out on some of the greatest commentary we've um, ever heard in the history of commentaries, basically. Uh, Blarney defeated Ballincollig 314 to 119 in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship quarter final last night. Blarney were nine points down with seven minutes to go. They battled back with Patrick Power, the hero, with the winning point. Patrick Crowley scoring a cracking goal just seconds before. However, the commentary uh, from Blarney's Dave McCarthy is the greatest thing ever. We'll talk to you next week, folks. Pop by name, pop by nature. Oh! Barry's one in. Yeah! Yeah! Pop! Barry! Yes! We're back level in this game! Come on, Barry! Come on, Barry! What a goal! What a goal! You won't see that in action replay, but Pop Crowley picked up a ball. Your man tried to cream him. He rode it. He popped the ball over the man's head. He ran through. No way should he win for the goal, but he drives it into the top corner of the net. Next ball is vital. Up we go again. Who's going to win it? Joe Jordan is there. Out comes Sean Crowley, his brother. The two Crowleys now are coming into their own. Joe Jordan on the ball. Joe winds up. Hits a big one. Colin, Colin and Potty. Colin and Potty. Potty's onto it. Potty's onto it. Potty's over the bar. Potty's over the bar. Woo! Potty's over the bar. Come on again. Filter back, Bernie. Ballincolly goes short. Ballincolly goes short. Colin tries to block. What a game! What a game! What a game! (laughs) Good night, folks. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM.